I am a music fan. I am a nature fan. I am a neighbours fan. Don't judge me. I am overly cautious. I am a dedicated friend. I'm Batman. I am a lover of diversity. I am a little bit strange. I am the true vine. I am a leader of men. I am a follower. I'm okay with that. I am able to be so much more than I am. I sometimes feel like a piece of driftwood. Like I'm not connected. I don't achieve anything. I want my life to have purpose. I want to be part of something bigger than myself. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. A branch by itself cannot bear fruit and must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the true vine. A couple of years ago, my wife and I visited one of our favorite places up in Napa Valley. And I really like this place mainly because I'm very intrigued by the cultivation of grapevines, you know, the planting and the pruning and the harvesting, and especially as it relates to the Bible. You know, grapes are the most widely grown fruit in the world. They date back as far as 2,500 years before Christ. Now, there's not, there's not a lot of things that we today can relate to from Jesus' time, but grapevines and harvesting and vine and branches is something that still exists today, so we can relate to it more. The grapevine was a symbol of ancient Israel's. Grapes have always been central to their agriculture and their economy. And the climate of Israel, frankly, it's, it's ideal for viticulture, which is the cultivation of grapevines. The grapevine has represented Israel's fruitfulness in doing God's work here on earth. And I was so intrigued because as I'm going through this, I discovered that one of the very important products of ancient Israel was this grape honey. It was made by boiling grapes into this molasses-like jelly, and that was very, very sweet. So when the Bible refers to Israel as the land of milk and honey, it is referring to this grape honey here, not what we mostly believe as to be honey from beehives. So today, as we continue in our series on Rooted, we're going to talk from our text in John chapter 15. Now here, Jesus is in the upper room, and he's talking about, uh, he's making a lot of I am statements. I am this, I am that. And in John chapter 14, he just finished talking about why our hearts should not be troubled and why we should be free from anxiety. And again, Jesus, in one of his many I am statements that he declares, he starts by saying this in verse 1. I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that he will be even more fruitful. You already you're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Remain in you and me and I in you. And you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples." 
And as we talk in our continuation of our series, Rooted, and God in the midst of suffering and the attacks of the enemy, I want to focus today specifically on being pruned. Because we all go through times where it feels like we're going backwards. You know, we're doing well in business and our family is happy and we believe that we're in God's favor, but then things turn and we lose a major client and our kids don't get into the school they wanted to get to and a friend walks away and then we're left wondering, what happened? What did I do wrong? But just because you're having difficulties that might not, that you may not understand, it doesn't mean that you're not in God's will. You know, we as Christians believe that God is ordering our steps, which also means that sometimes God allows a cutback. Just as there are seasons of growth, there are seasons of pruning. And without pruning, we won't become all that we're created to be. You know, and God won't allow a cutback if it's not going to eventually be for your good. It may be uncomfortable. You don't understand it. You know, you lose a contract, you lose a relationship, an opportunity, a job. God would not have let you lose that if he wasn't going to give you something better. I mean, he may have pruned a friend out of your life. Maybe a better friend is coming. You may have lost your job. Maybe there's a better job coming. The point is, don't be discouraged by the pruning. It is a sign, just like we see here, it is a sign of new growth. Jesus started in John chapter 15 by saying, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. To me, I can relate to that. It makes sense to me. You know, the, the, that sometimes that things are not productive are going to be cut away. You know, a friend pulling us down, a job not leading anywhere. He'll cut those things away in order that we may focus our attention on things that are moving us forward. I understand losing something that's not bringing value. But here's the part that's very intriguing to me. He goes on to say, while every branch that does bear fruit means we're already productive, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Think about that. It's so intriguing to me that in this whole passage, he talks about fruit, and he talks about going from fruit to more fruit to much fruit. And what's amazing to me, there are times in life when we lose something that doesn't make sense. I mean, we go to work, and we're working hard, and we have a good attitude, and we're helping others, and we're faithfully raising our children. We're doing all the right things, but then the wrong thing happens. Well, instead of being discouraged, recognize that it's pruning season. You know, without that cutback, you won't see new growth. Maybe you're satisfied with your current position and things are comfortable and everything's going well, but maybe God is not satisfied. He loves you way too much to let you miss your destiny. He has new things in store for you. The question this morning is, will you trust them in the cutback season? Will you keep doing the right thing in times of pruning when things are going backwards? You know, one of the things I've learned being up in Napa and taking all of these tours is that new grapevines are pruned three to five years before they're allowed to produce a crop. And even when they're mature, you constantly have to prune them or trim them because you have to improve the branches so they can have this potential for bearing fruit. 
And if you don't do that, if you don't prune them or trim them, the vines tend to develop these long, rambling branches that will produce less fruit because the strength of the vine is being given to growing branches instead of growing fruit. And you also have to prune them so that you can remove the dead branches, which can harbor disease and decay. And think about it. This is an ongoing process for the life of the vine. A vine lasts almost, a good vine lasts almost 100 years. So this continues on and on and on. And in the same way, we as Christians need pruning. We need time to grow. We need training to help us become rooted in God and produce fruit on and on and on for the life of our branches. Which means we also require some things to be cut away that can cause disease or decay, or decay so that we can maximize our fruit. Pruning allows us new growth. We are reborn. We reproduce. And we're able to do so because Jesus said, if you remain in me and me in you, you will bear much fruit. Think about it. You already have fruit. You're going to more fruit. Now he's talking about much fruit. And the way to do that, how do you go to increase, is simply by abiding in Christ. He was saying, when things happen that you don't understand, when things happen that don't make sense, when you could be bitter, you could question, where is God in the midst of my trouble? Instead, if you'll trust him, if you believe that he is still directing your steps, if you praise him, even though it's not fair, if you'll stay faithful when you could be frustrated, in other words, if you'll abide, if you remain, that means that you keep doing the right thing. You keep listening to God. You keep a good attitude. You keep a smile on your face. You keep being good to people. You keep expecting God's favor. You keep praying and you keep reading his word that you're going to come into much fruit. Thanks. When you show God that you're going to be faithful in a cutback, he's going to release you into much fruit. This is, what that's, this is what's, what it's telling me. He'll take you where you cannot go on your own. But we're not going to see much fruit without going through this season of losing. Things that we don't understand, these seasons that are uncomfortable, seasons that perhaps worked in the past that are not working now. Don't be discouraged. The cutback season is all part of the process, and it is a sign, again, the new growth is coming. I talked to a man from, from this church, and the company that he worked for downsized, and he didn't make the cut. And for the longest time, he couldn't find the job. And he ended up having to exhaust most of his savings. And he had to cut back the lifestyle that his family was used to. He was discouraged. He was questioning God. And I told him what I'm telling you, that maybe he's going through a pruning season. That it's not a surprise to God. Now, whether he stays there depends on what he does next. If he gets bitter and complains and talk about how bad life and oh, woe to me, then he's going to have a tendency to get stuck right there. But when you recognize that the cutback is a sign of new growth and that it's coming, then more fruit is on the way, then God is getting you prepared for something better, then you make the decision to trust him and to believe that he is in control. Then things will start to change in your favor and new doors will start to open. About a year later, he came to me and he had a new job. He was now working from home. He was happier and more fulfilled than he had ever been. So I took the opportunity to ask him to serve at church, and he said yes. So he's doing great. 
The point is, don't let the pruning fool you. The enemy didn't get control of the pruning shears. He didn't overtake God. And, and all of a sudden, he's sitting on the, on the throne directing your steps. No, God is still in control of your situation. And you may not like the pruning process. It may not make sense to you. But this is what faith is all about. That's why we're here, because we believe in that. You know, God, I don't understand it, but I trust you. God, you wouldn't have allowed it if, I didn't, if it didn't have a purpose for my life. I want to thank you that I'm going to come out better on the other end. Are you discouraged over something you've lost? Something that didn't work out? The enemy is hindering when, when in fact, we think all the time that it's an attack and the enemy's coming after us, but maybe God allowed it. You know, we give the enemy way too much credit. He can't touch you without God's permission. You know, we, we believe that God is directing our steps when good things are happening, right? You know, it's easy to thank God in the harvest season, in the growing seasons, but in the pruning seasons, we have to dig down deep. You know, our praise in the cutback season carries more weight than in the harvest seasons. And if you're only showing God that you trust them, but... God is doing a work in you. As you trust him through this pruning process, your character is being developed and your spiritual muscles are, are getting stronger. And the scripture starts by saying that God is the gardener. He knows when to cut something back. He will not prune something away if you need it. He's not going to cut something back without giving you more in return. So I'm asking you this morning to, to dare to trust him. I have some laurel trees in my backyard, and I love these trees. I mean, as much as a person can love a tree, I really, out of all the trees, these are the ones I really like, mainly because they block the view from the neighbor's house, and, and you can form a, a thick hedge around it, and, and I've seen them grow. We can see them outside of our kitchen window and our patio, and, and they're doing really well. They were doing really well for years. And a few years ago, the gentleman that helps me with the landscaping and that he trims all the bushes and all the trees, he comes back to me and says, hey, are you ready for us to do all of that? Meaning, are you ready for you to do all of that? And I said, yeah, sure, let, let's go ahead and do it. But I said, don't touch the laurel trees in the back. And he says, uh, okay, but they're not going to grow like they should. And I said, what do you mean? He, and he said, well, if we don't prune them, it, it they're not going to grow. And, it, you know, pruning them stimulates growth. And, and if you don't cut them back, they won't be as tall and as thick as they need to be. Now, I'm not a gardener, but I thought just the opposite. To grow, I mean, they're doing well. They're already growing. They're green year-round. But the gardener knew that if he didn't bother them, that if he didn't cut them back, that it would actually limit their growth. And next year, they wouldn't be where they should. Well, God is your gardener. And in the same way, we should trust the gardener, knowing that he is the gardener. He's not going to cut you back without a purpose. He's not going to prune you if it's not leading to more fruit. God knows what he's doing. You know, the landscaper said to me, let me prune them and watch where they're going to be next year. You're going to be surprised as to where they are. Now, you may have, you know, been the cutback and, and through it, God is saying, watch where you're going to be next year. Watch the people that are going to come into your life. Watch the opportunities and the new doors that are about to open. And folks, I have to tell you that that's, that's just been my experience. There's been many times in my life where I've suffered some cutbacks. 
And I had felt I was being pruned when I, think, I thought things couldn't get any worse. From losing a job to not having enough finances to losing a client to, to struggling to make ends meet. And early on in our marriage, you know, struggling to even buy diapers or pampers. But I have to tell you, I'm not complaining about those cutbacks today. And in the same way, I think you with me through those cutbacks can say, Lord, thank you for pruning me. Thank you for getting me prepared for new growth. My trees that I just showed you, you know, they they suffered something interesting. Uh, If you notice, uh, they're not there anymore. But if you notice, the one on the right, there was this huge, big tree that is missing today. And it started with some little disease. And then it started with some decay. And it had to be cut down. And it actually hurt me to cut that tree down because I liked them so much. But I knew that if I left it there, that eventually will go to the next tree and that would continue. You know, and in the same way, God often has to cut things from us that if left untouched can hurt us in the long run. And what I also want us to see is that the pruning is not always something because that happens when you do something wrong. It's not because God has forgotten about you. Here's what it is. It's a test. Will you abide? Will you remain? Will you stay in faith? If you don't understand this part here, we're going to tend to get frustrated. And you're going to say, you know, Carlos, I'm a good person. I go to church on Sunday. Sometimes I even help you feed the homeless. I'm always encouraging and I'm helping people. But right now, I'm the one that's having a bad break. Folks, that might not be the enemy trying to stop you. That might be God getting you ready for more fruit. The apostle prayed, and he prayed never to remove all of his difficulties. Instead, he prayed that God would give him the strength to endure whatever came his way. And the scripture says this of Jesus, that he endured the pain of the cross, looking forward to the joy that was coming. Folks, some things we have to endure and the way to, know, to endure is to know that things are not permanent and to know that things are going to get better. So you got to keep reminding yourself that the cutback is leading to new growth. In fact, the Bible reminds us in Romans 8, 28, that in all things, everything, the good and the bad, that God works for the good of those who love him. And what's interesting is that God cuts us when we're bearing fruit. That's really interesting to me. Not when we're off course, doing things wrongs, but when we're doing things right, when good things are happening. Now, for me, I could have taken the pruning shears and thought, maybe I'm going to save money this year and I'm going to trim my own trees. The problem is that I don't know when to trim trees, and I don't know where to trim trees. You know, some tree, trees are trimmed in the spring, some are in the fall, some skip a season. My point is that pruning shears in the wrong hands can be detrimental. You know, I can have good intentions and do the cut and cut at the wrong time at the wrong place and damage my trees and do more harm than good. I have uh, three sisters growing up. They all cut hair. They don't do that now. They have different careers, but that's how they started. And I watched them and I learned as I grew up and I picked up some basics enough to be able to cut my son's hair till about they were 16 until they realized that that wasn't cool anymore. But I saved a lot of money. When my daughter was around eight years old, her hair had grown all out, and she had really beautiful long hair. But my wife said that it was time to trim, just to trim the edges and take off what they call the split ends. Now, probably you ladies know what that is. I, I, I just know she just wanted a little trim. 
And me trying to save money, saying, I know how to cut hair. What, how hard can it be? I watched my sisters do it this whole time. I convinced my wife that I could do it. So she walks away. I get the scissors. My first clue should have been is that I never really cut hair with scissors. It was always clippers. So my daughter sits there, and I start cutting. And I couldn't get it even, so I cut some more. And then some more. And then some more. And before I knew it, my wife walks in and says, what are you doing? It was four inches off that little trim that I had done. Needless to say, my wife and my daughter were not happy. And they actually remind me of that till this day. And I said, you know, my daughter, what's a big deal? I mean, you could just walk around with your head tilted a little bit, and it'll look even. And it'll grow back, right? But here's the point. The right tools in the wrong hands can be dangerous. Thank God her hair grew out and that I'm still married. But the good news again is that God is your gardener. He's the only one that can prune you. He's in control of the shears and of your cutbacks. Even when Satan wanted to test Job, if you remember that story, he couldn't go in there and just grab the pruning shears and do whatever he wanted. No, he had to ask God for permission. So when you go through a cutback or a loss, God has the pruning shears. He is not going to prune you where you end up with less, less joy, less strength, less resources. I mean, this may happen temporarily, but if you keep abiding, that cutback is going to lead to more fruit. God would not have allowed it if he wasn't going to bring you out better, stronger, wiser, and with new growth. Many years ago, I had this client that I was helping negotiate this multi-million dollar electricity contract. And I was in the middle as a consultant, and I thought we had made a deal. Everything was signed only to find out that the next day, my client wanted to take the deal back, and they wanted to renege. The only problem is that I, we deal in the commodities market, and once you sign a deal, once you hedge it, you can't take it back. It's a take-or-pay contract. So my client was not accepting of the terms. The supplier was not budging. I was left in the middle. Before I knew it, they were talking about suing each other, suing me, and I just, I was stressed out of my mind. I didn't know what to do. You see, this client represented a good chunk of revenue for our company. And I finally decided to throw my hands up and pray and say, God, this is in your hands. I didn't really have a choice. What, am I, what else am I supposed to do? But I do remember vividly telling myself, this is a test, Carlos. Will you remain faithful? Will I truly put my faith in action during these times and trust God? Or will it be just something I read about and talk about? In other words, are you going to walk the talk? So I threw my hands up. Frankly, I'll be honest, I got on my knees and I prayed. A few days later... I was able to get the president of that supplier company, Fortune 500 company, on the phone. We explained the situations, miscommunications. We came up with a solution that both parties could agree on. And in doing so, check this out, I came up with a longer contract that pays me more. Not before I pulled my hair, but I come much better in the other end. In other words, I came up with much fruit. But notice how this happened. It was a cutback. I didn't understand it. It didn't seem like a good thing at the time. But now I say, Lord, thank you for cutting me back. Thank you for opening new doors that I never dreamed would have opened. Thank you for continuing to order my step. You know, the cutback you're disappointed with now 
If you keep abiding, thanking God, doing your best, one day you're going to look back and like me, just say, thank you, God, because your ways are better than my ways. Trust him in those cutting seasons. Remember that he has a pruning shears. Remember that he's still directing your step. God has a hedge of protection around you. And in the scripture, God told Abraham, if you guys recall this story, to take his son Isaac to the top of a mountain and sacrifice him. Now, we think of Isaac as this little, you know, defenseless little boy, but most scholars believe that he was a late teen. In fact, the Bible does tell us that he was carrying a pile of wood on his shoulders, so he had to pretty, a pretty strong kid. My point is that he could have resisted lying on the altar. He could have resisted letting his father tie him up, but he was willing to go through it. And I mean, don't you guys find that interesting that he just kind of laid on the altar? Why is that? Because he trusted the father. He trusted that the knife was in good hands. And when you understand that the pruning shears are in your heavenly father's hands, when you know that he's not going to cut you back without a purpose, that whatever he takes away temporarily is so that he can bring you out with more, then like Isaac, you won't fight the cut. You won't fight the, the pruning. You won't get bitter. God, I was doing my best. Well, why did this happen? No, you, you trust the Father. You know that he's in control of those cutbacks, that he's not going to take you backwards, and that he's going to bring you out again with much fruit. You know, sometimes God's favor, God's favor is disguised as a cutback. And it takes maturity, and here's the key, it takes maturity in Christ to distinguish between the enemy trying to stop you and the gardener at work. And too often we're discouraged over what God is doing in our life. What you do in this pruning season is going to determine whether you stay there or you come out better. And that has happened to us here as a church. I've witnessed this church over the years go through many cutback seasons. And the pastors here and the staff and all of you kept abiding you kept giving and serving and loving, and we didn't focus on what we didn't have. We thank God for what we did have. And this didn't happen overnight, but like God had promised, we went from fruit to more fruit to much fruit. And today we keep growing all over the place. You just heard from Pastor Sergio, we keep growing in Mexico. We keep growing in the Philippines. We planted a church in Clovis that is growing. God is giving us more fruit and much fruit today. I mean, we all want more fruit, don't we? The question this morning is, are you willing to go through the process? Will we do the right things in the time of pruning when things don't make sense? Well, this morning, I'm asking you to trust him in the cutback seasons. We're not going to understand everything that happens along the way, but God knows what's best for us. That's why the scripture says, his ways are not our ways. Will you pray with me? Father, we're thankful for your word this morning. We're thankful that you're ordering our steps, Father. We're thankful, as hard as it can be to be thankful, for you pruning us, Father. And your word says that if we abide in you, that we will bear much fruit. Lord, we all want to bear much fruit. Lord, and we all want to abide in you. Help us to do that. You know, the first step to abiding is to belong to Christ. And if there's someone here that does not belong to Christ, meaning you haven't said, God, I accept you as my Savior, 
that would be the first step for you. And if you want to do that right now, I want to give you that opportunity. So if you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you just want to say, God, for the first time, Lord, I accept you into my heart so that I can start to abide in you. Can you just raise up your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you or make you walk through the front or anything. I just want to pray for you. I see your hand. Thank you. Anyone else? I see your hand. Thank you. Father, you see those hands. Lord, they want to follow you the best they know how the rest of their lives, Lord. So I ask that as they accept you into their heart as their personal Lord and Savior, that you would guide them, give them the strength, Lord, and that they would be able to see fruit by abiding in you. And if right now you're in a time of pruning, you've had some cutbacks, you feel like you're going in the wrong direction, and you're discouraged, I just want to share with you again that God is getting ready for new growth. I want to pray for you. If anyone going through that, again, every head bowed, every eye closed, just raise your hand. I just want to pray for you this morning if you feel you're going through a cutback. Anyone else? You can put your hands down. Anyone else? I just want to pray for you. Father, you see those hands. Lord, I pray that as we read your scripture today, that in the powerful name of Jesus, Lord, that you would order their steps and that they would be able to see the fruit that your word promises in the scripture right here. Lord, that they would understand that you wouldn't have pruned them if you didn't have something better. Give them faith, persevering, strength, courage, so they may keep abiding. And for you who raised your hand, I ask that you would just thank them, trust them, keep staying faithful. Lord, I I pray for all of us that we're able to understand and accept your pruning process. And we ask that those going through the pruning process today, that it would be permanent. I mean, not permanent. I pray that they would come out with much fruit, that abundance is coming for all of us, that breakthroughs are coming. And when it does, Father, we're going to give you all the credit you deserve, all the honor, and we're going to thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.